Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. Hello, hello. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom. I'm Alexa. I'm Ambrosia. Hi, everybody. Ambrosia, you're back from your uh, worldwide trip. Oh, it was just my West Coast trip. Not my worldwide one yet. Stay tuned. Not yet. Not yet. How was it? How was it? I feel like you were gone for so long. I was. I was gone two weeks um, to the day. It was, it was good. It was, man, it was, it had its ups and its downs. It was intense. Um, My, I don't know. I had... I saw so many people that I don't typically see, which I loved seeing everybody. I saw some listeners. I saw some um, coaching clients that I've worked with and friends that we've had at retreats. And, oh, I just exited out. And it was amazing. I loved it. Um, Shout out to Lewis, who got to go to a family dinner with my whole family. And it was so mortifying but he's still talking to me. So that's good. Um, (laughs) Got to go to the Redwoods. I did go to the Redwoods. So um, the first night I was in the Redwoods, I didn't call you. I actually called Catherine, but I got lost. Oh, I didn't get lost. Actually, I take that back. I didn't get lost. The street that you go down, this road, this fucking road was narrow it was the width of one car like that's it that's all you can do and on one side is a mountain and the other side is a cliff and when i tell you it's a cliff i am not exaggerating (laughs) that it is a cliff okay to the point to where there was another and their turns are like sharp so you can't see someone else coming okay to the point where there was a truck coming in front of me and he had to back up until both of us could fit through i was terrified so scared. So this was my first night in the Redwoods. I am going to stay in a yurt. I get up to the top of this mountain to stay in this yurt. And there's like 10 different yurts. I don't know which yurt is mine because none of them are labeled. I have no cell phone service at this point. It's starting to get dark. I'm freaking out. Okay. And I have no cell phone service. So I don't have the ability to message the Airbnb lady and ask her what year I'm in. So I just start hysterically crying. And I feel like this is a good opportunity to make a video. Um, so anyway, I went back down the mountain. I stayed at a Best Western. I decided the year wasn't for me. I'm not going to do that again. Um, 
And so I ended up staying at the Best Western. And the next day I did this guided meditation with these two women that I met on Airbnb. Um, They had like an experience and it was a profound experience. Like it was so if you guys are in the Redwoods, hold on, I'm going to pull it up because I want to give them a shout out because this experience I can't even tell you. Yeah, you said it was um, life changing. It really was. Okay. So it's it's just called Experience uh with Colleen and Donnie. And it was oh no, it's tune into the subtle realms of the Redwoods. And it was amazing. Like I highly recommend it. So I realized like halfway up, they said, meet me at this location. And so I realized that halfway into this location, I have no cell phone service again. I'm going into the woods and I'm going with these two women that could outpower me. Like, I don't know if they're serial killers. I don't know what's happening. If they're listening, I'm so sorry, but this was what was going on in my head. And so I call my mom, I tell her where I'm at. Like, I'm going to call you when I'm done. It's supposed to be three hours. If I don't call you in four hours, something has happened to me. Okay. So like, I don't know what she's going to do, but this is what I do. And so we're going through it and they're showing me all of the trees and they're showing me like, we ate the trees. It was so cool. It was amazing. And then we went into the trees. You ate the trees. It was the coolest thing. Like I would, you know me, I would never do do this. So like, okay, there are leaves of different trees. So there's, um, like there's, um, we ate a part of like the redwood, like, uh, leaves that they grow. And then there was wild, I think it was sage that we ate wild, uh, thyme. Like there was different types of like herbs that you would normally see. But then like the redwood actual, like the plant of it, it looks like a pine plant if you've ever seen that similar to it. And it tasted like a mojito. Oh, it, it was like, like a citrusy, but also like, um, refreshing too. It was really interesting. So I digress. So we ate the plants. So then we, um, they're educating me on like what the trees are called and the different gener, the different, um, I forget what they're called, but the different types of trees that are there and all of this, how long they've been there, how to look through them with the rings, all of that. And then they tell me that they're a collection of trees in a circle is called a fairy of trees. So I'm in like, that's cool. (laughs) And that the tree in the middle is the mother tree. And the mother tree is the one that guides the trees around her. And they use the root system to do that. And so I thought that was cool. So we go into this fairy of trees because the mother tree had fallen or been taken down. So it was an empty space in the middle and they laid down a tarp. And when they laid down the tarp, I'm thinking, well, now they're really going to kill me. Like now I'm dead. Here we go. And they're like, lay down. And I'm thinking, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to make it easy for them and die. Like, that's fine. Yeah. And what they did was they, I I think she was doing Reiki on me because we were like cleansing different chakras and pulling out things. So I'm 99%. She didn't call it Reiki, but I'm pretty sure it was. And I had like this whole, like, release there. And I talked to the trees like it was it was amazing. I It sounds amazing. It sounds magical. I highly recommend. And then we did a water blessing in the creek. And that was oh. so cool. It was so cool. OK, I digress. I, I Colleen just, and Donna, you're amazing. I just want to say, by the way, the reason I asked about to specify about eating the tree, Heather said, 
Me, pictures Ambie taking a big bite out of a tree. Tara said, <laughs> yes, many bites until eating the entire tree. That's what I, that's what I picture too. So I'm like, you're going to have to explain eating no, a tree. No, it was just like, like that. No, guys. Or like I I saw like a fork and a knife in my head. (laughs) Just like cutting up the tree. No. So essentially what it was, it was like you you take the leaves of the tree and you like rub your hands on the leaves. You don't pull them off, but you rub your hands on it and then you smell it and you ask the tree for permission if you could do this, right? (laughs) And then you ask you. (laughs) (laughs) Is it okay? Good. Some people like that. Okay, Alexa. Yeah, true. But anyway, so then, oh my God, I've gained like 10 pounds too. Like my face is so fat right now. I digress. Yeah, you don't so like then it. the next day, um, Nike, shout out to Nike, Pretty Intuitive mm-hmm. Podcast came down and she was very happy. I was in the Best Western, as was I. And <laughs> we um, went to the Winchester Mystery House and we went to the Redwood Park, a different Redwood Park. And then we went to this co- place called the Mystery Spot, um, and that was cool too. I love so, it. Yeah, I, love I had it. a great time. It looks like it. It truly looks like it. I I was envious of your West Coast trip, but I'm so glad that you took it. I'm so glad you went on your your adventure, which was like solo, but like joined by lots of lots of people. You got to see a lot of people along the way, so I'm so happy about that for you. And welcome back. Um. And everybody who's listening to this, happy Thanksgiving. Um, It'll be the day before Thanksgiving that this comes out. Everyone on Facebook, happy Thanksgiving week. Um, Oh my God, guess who's watching Ian Burka? Ian. Ian. Hey, Ian. (laughs) What's up, Ian? Uh, Ian's our our videographer that we mentioned to you for when we went down. Uh, you guys have heard him on the episode where we were playing the game in the car about what all the celebrities would be in an alternate reality. Yeah, uh, yeah. He had some good ones. Um, okay, I digress. So it is technically Thanksgiving week. It is also Black Friday this Friday. And Woo-hoo. so uh, we want to offer a special Black Friday deal. So those of you... For those of you who've been listening, you know that we are doing a new coaching program called You're Not Crazy, You're Intuitive. It's a 12-week mm-hmm. coaching program. Um, it's it's the first program that we've ever offered of this kind that is the price point that it is and it, like is as affordable as it is and is also um, geared towards baby intuitives rather than intuitives that, you know, like want to start their own business or who, who definitely like are more advanced. Um, and in this coaching program, we're going over everything from uh, psychic skills, mediumship skills, telepathy, telekinesis, all kinds of fun stuff like that. And you're going to get to practice and actually learn and apply these skills. And for Black, well, right now the price is $1,200 at full pay. Um, But we are going to offer it to you guys for $9.99 full pay (laughs) for Black Friday. And we're not just offering it on Black Friday. You can enroll at that price from today, which is Monday, Monday the 20, what? Second. 22nd to Friday the 27th. Sounds good. To Black Friday. Yeah. So um, go to our website. If you want to find it, you can click on retreats and events. And you, you should see it listed there. Just click on that and it'll give you a way to uh, sign up. 
Um, and we already have some people signed up. We're looking forward to it so much. So I uh, hope those of you who've been wanting to get in on it uh, take advantage of Black Friday and, and this special time of Thanksgiving. And on that note... Wait, I have a Black Friday deal going on. So oh, if go. You, if my prices starting tomorrow. So it's going to be starting... Um, we'll do starting Wednesday, actually, when this podcast is released. Um, it's going to give you $30 off a reading. So, and you don't have to enter a code because I hate that. So it's just until next week. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, love it. So definitely head over to Ambie's website and we'll put all this information in the show notes as always. So let's get down to business. Let's get down. Yes. To well, let's, why don't you tell everybody what happened? So that way we can kind of guide into it. Okay. So where do I begin? Um, well, let me go all the way back to the retreat in Sedona that we did. That's where the story kind of begins, actually, for me. Because when we were in Sedona, and if you guys have heard our Sedona recap, you know it was very intense on many levels. It was very productive in a lot of ways, but it was very intense for a lot of people. And it was intense for me as well. Um One of the things, though, that became apparent or one of the things that was illuminated for me while I was there was this ancestor work, right? Ancestor work that we've detailed on this podcast um, with Nike. um, And and within that work, um, more of my purpose, right? More of what I should be doing, more of what my soul wants to do while I'm here. And what that entails is things like speaking up and um, creating space in the world of social justice, um, more in like the humanitarian field. And I've honestly been like, I, I've always felt so strongly about certain things in that area, but I've always been so, I think, largely quiet on it, on my social media in particular, because much like a lot of people probably listening to this, I have like, I don't want, I don't want everyone to be fighting. I don't want the conflict. I don't want the X, Y, and Z. But when I was in Sedona and when I was trying to leave Sedona after this had been illuminated to me, you might remember I could not leave Sedona. I kept trying to get out on a flight and every single flight that I got on or every single flight I got booked on would get canceled or um, the crew just didn't show up. Like all of these things were happening and I literally couldn't leave Sedona for two extra days after the retreat. So the only, what what ended up happening that allowed me to leave Sedona was Nike, once again, who was, who was at the retreat as well. She messaged me and she was like, I really think that uh, you're not able to leave right now because like your ancestors want to talk to you. Like there's something they want to talk to you about. So she literally in the airport guided me through this meditation where I connect with my ancestors. And what I heard from them was, we want you to take this seriously. Like, don't just go back. Don't just go back home after this and just be like, oh, whatever, same old, same old. Like, mm-hmm. start making moves in this direction. Start speaking about it. Start, you know, um, doing what you can to help and to use your voice and all this. Okay. Okay. So I literally made this deal with my ancestors and literally like 10 minutes after that happened, 
the crew for the plane showed up after we had been told they had no idea where they were and when we were leaving and if it would if it would even happen that day. Like I was thinking about just getting a, you know, a, a, re, a voucher and staying the night in the hotel at that point. So all of a sudden they show up and it's fine and I'm on the plane in 30 minutes and home. So cut to, I was, uh, so, so cut to the past few months, I've been feeling really tired, like really tired, really uninspired. Like I had waves of inspiration when we were doing stuff, uh, like stuff with the empath stuff, but just feeling tired and uninspired recently. And the other night I was uh, in Nike's, um, I'm in her Patreon where she channels and I, I didn't have any questions. My only question was like, why am I so tired, basically? Um, and what came through was, literally, it was like, do you remember our agreement? And I immediately felt like, yeah. <laughs> they were like, well, how do you feel like you've been doing on that? And I was like, not the best. <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> okay, well, and it was all very loving, but it was like, yeah, like, you're right. I haven't done much on this. So... It was this message of like, it's time to start speaking. It's time to start using your voice. It's time to start doing something that makes you really uncomfortable. So the next day, <laughs> I started posting TikToks. Um, and this day happened to be the day that Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted um, for all charges um, in the case of him shooting three people and killing two at a Black Lives Matter um, protest. And I post I posted a few things that day, but one of the things I posted was like literally just someone recounting the the, the verdict, like saying what happened. And yeah, me, very matter of fact, I felt like. Not yeah, like, non, like in just, my opinion, not like swayed either way, just very matter of fact about what had happened. Continue on. Sorry. Yeah. And I posted it saying I was disappointed. I said I was yes. disappointed that I think this sets a really bad precedent for the future. And um, it's scary to think about like for the future. And this TikTok, you know, started taking off and I was getting attacked, like attacked by uh, which, which. You know, it wasn't a surprise to me necessarily, but it was a little jarring because I thought it would be at least like a 50-50 type of thing. I thought it was like, okay, yeah, there's some people who are definitely going to disagree and there's some people that are going to like know what I'm talking about, you know? But it was just, it felt like it was just, no, everybody was just like, you didn't even watch the case. You're disgusting. You're what's wrong with this and da, da, da. Just, just, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And... Then someone someone said, disappointed, why are you disappointed? And so then I made another TikTok explaining, I'm disappointed because I feel like this really highlights the systemic racism that's in everything in our country. You know, like if this were a black person on trial, you know it would have ended very differently. They um, wouldn't be on trial. They would have been shot on sight. Yeah. If, that had, if Kyle Rittenhouse had been a black man, he would have been killed on sight. Let's exactly. be real honest about that situation. If a child... I don't want to keep going. Sorry. I don't want to go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not something to laugh about, but no, it, it, I'm, I'm laughing at you, but, um, exactly. Like, and everybody is so intent on just being, on protecting everybody, to me, everybody seems so intent on protecting our second amendment, right? That's what like people are saying, like, 
whatever. And then I also said, um, you know, and the other thing that scares me or the other thing I think this is really terrible is that beyond that is that um, like in the future, this, you know, this gives people the leeway to do this, like to do this, to get away with it, to take firearms across, like to, to have firearms, to take firearms into places they shouldn't be, to literally shoot people. Um, and anyway, the whole thing was that just people have just been you know, like attacking me for like three days. And it's, it's on one hand, whatever. It's social media. You know what I mean? People are pissed and people on social, but, but okay. But then what started happening was people are like, oh, not you too. I'm unfollowing you. Easiest unfollow ever. Like, bye, bye. And I just was like, it hit me. I was like, oh, I've done a really bad job of telling you guys how I feel about certain things because obviously my following is part of my following is racist. Obviously, part of my following is, you know, on like on the far right or like which it's, you know, we all have different political affiliations and, and that's fine. But it's about like not being able to hear the other side and not being and just being like, oh, fuck off. Bye. Like, I'm done with you. That made me realize, oh, I haven't talked about how I feel about important issues on here at all. And I really need to do that because what I'm seeing is that my following are people that I can't even have a conversation about this with. Um, so it just really, it made me really sad, not because I was losing followers. It made me sad that this is who we are. You know, it made me sad that so many people are so happy about this, so happy about this, this verdict and are so quick to attack others and not here. Um, and well, I don't know, Ambie, how did you feel about it? So, um, I didn't, fo- I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. I didn't follow the case. I didn't watch the trial. Um, I saw you getting attacked on social media. And so I looked at the facts of the case. I looked at the, I started to do a lot of research and a lot of people will say that it's skewed by the media and things like that. And that's fine. Whatever. Unless you were in the jury, unless you were on in the courtroom with him, you are reading the same things I'm reading. So I digress. The facts of the matter are the people that attacked him thought he was an active shooter. So they were afraid for their lives. What he was attacking with or being attacked with rather was a skateboard, a bag and people's hands. And that was met with a a weapon, a gun. Do I feel he was also underage when he got the gun? Yeah. The person that got him the gun is not being charged or was charged, but was acquitted as well. Why is that? And whether or not you agree with the verdict, whether or not like he was acquitted on all charges, I don't give a fuck. What I fucking care about is the fact that what we're not talking about is that he got acquitted of all charges because he's white. Yeah. That's white privilege. He did not, if he had been a black man, 
he would be dead. Bottom line, you can't tell me different. Look at Trayvon Martin. He died because he was wearing a hoodie in the wrong neighborhood. And white people felt like that wasn't acceptable. That is or, fucking or ridiculous. The trial that's going on right now, Ahmad, Ahmad Armory, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. I was literally watching the trial earlier today. And it's insane that it even has to be a trial. It's insane. Go ahead. And so my thing is when people get online, in person, whatever, and they want to say, well, you don't know all the facts of the case. Well, he he didn't go beyond state lines. That's another thing people are telling me. He didn't go past state lines or he didn't do this. I don't give a fuck. He murdered two people. And the fact that he got acquitted on all charges is because he is white. You can't tell me differently. That is, that's white privilege right there. And if you disagree, then change places with a black person in America and tell me that it doesn't exist. Like it makes me angry when we care more about being right than human, than humanity. He yeah. killed, he tried to kill three people and killed two of them. Yeah. But we're so hell bent on being right that it doesn't matter. Like that's insane to me. Why? And then we wonder why black people don't feel safe with white people. We are not giving them reasons to feel safe with us. Look at our society. Our society is saying that your life doesn't matter. And they're supposed to look at that and they're supposed to feel safe. No fucking way. No way. Like it, if it was reversed and I was watching white people die around me, I wouldn't feel safe. No way I would feel safe. And I would get the message that my life doesn't matter. So yeah. So I'm going to keep saying the black lives matter because they do matter. And it's absolutely ridiculous that this is up for fucking debate. So I'm glad that we're talking about this and I'm glad that everybody knows where we lie in this situation. I will never say all lives matter because until black lives matter, no, all lives don't matter. Like, and that's the whole fucking point. Amen. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what I'm saying, too, is like, what are you all fighting so hard to protect? Like, what are you, everybody who's getting so nasty and so, what are you fighting to protect? Like, it's, do you even realize what you're fighting to protect? Because, you know. Do you realize the message that you're sending to people? Like, you can't say that you're spiritual. You can't say that you believe in humanity. You can't say that, like, you love your fellow human being. If you're fighting for Kyle Rittenhouse's right to own a gun, fuck you. Like he doesn't deserve to own a gun. He doesn't deserve, like he went to that march with intent to harm. He went to that march with intent to kill. Like that right there in and of itself, even if he didn't kill anybody, absolutely disgusting. Totally. That's what I see a lot of people saying. They're like, he, he shot white people. So why is this a, a, a debate? It's like, but he went to a Black Lives Matter protest looking to shoot someone or protect from them, right? Quote, protect 
from them. So he already, even if it, he already was against the movement, right? He yeah. Already, he was, yeah. He was sending a message to everybody. And the message that he was sending to people was that it is not safe to be there. And that was relayed because all of those people that saw what happened thought he was an active shooter. So it's just really, I think it's really, really important that even though, and this is, it, this is, okay, here's the reality. When we talk about these things, people are going to attack verbally. They're going to be upset, they're going to, pro, you know, all of these things. And I feel like up until now, it has, that has what has kept the lid on so much, right? Because of people not wanting to instigate that. And now we're just getting to a point where I feel like it's, we're reaching the boiling. I mean, we've gone past the boiling point, but we're reaching the point in which I think you know, like for myself, it's like I've just really sat with it all weekend and been like, you know, I feel guilty for even uh, feeling bad about being attacked because I'm like, this is what black people deal with every single day just for talking about how their experience, which is really happening to them, you know, and here I am a white person going like, oh, no, they're attacking maybe. <laughs> but it's something that I think we as white people need to build thicker skin if we want to be allies, if we want to help, if we want to use our voice for good. We need to build thicker skin and realize, which is something that BIPOC have already realized and been speaking out quite a bit, is that when you're speaking out against a corrupt, unjust, racist system, basically the response is going to be that you're crazy. You're wrong. Mm -hmm. You're crazy because the system is trying to be preserved, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's going to feel like you're crazy. It's going to feel like you're the odd one out. But in actuality, you and anyone else who is doing this is you're the, again, going back to that, you're, elite, you're a leader or you're a um, ally or you're, what do you want to say? Well, I want to say that I also think it's really important that we use our white privilege to be able to allow BIPOC to speak up, that we use our white privilege to say, hey, this is what's going on here. This is unacceptable. Instead of saying, this is my experience as a white woman dealing with racism. No, they need to fucking speak and we need to shut the fuck up and listen. And so if starting a TikTok or a social media account or talking about it on our podcast gives them the platform and the opportunity to speak up, then I'm all for it. But I don't want to get the message construed into it's going to be scary to speak up because you speak up and then you shut the fuck up. That's my opinion. Totally. I agree. I guess I'm saying what I'm saying is I totally agree. I think the role of I said this the other day. I got this like intuitive. I was I was like feeling into all of this and I kind of got this intuitive image of how it's like <laughs> the degree to which we can all advance as a society is the degree to which white people can listen to BIPOC mm -hmm. and 
acknowledge their trauma, acknowledge their experience and amplify and lift them up, right? Yeah. So that is our role. Like you said, it's our role to create the space and lift up. And it's yeah. there. They've already been speaking. It's it's mm-hmm. we're the ones that haven't been following through. Um, yeah. But until that happens, we're just all stalled. You know, we're just all just mm-hmm. stuck right here. Um, so I 100 percent agree with that. I guess my message was more so to say. For those who want to speak or for, not want to speak, but for those who feel that they can do that, they could help create the spaces. Mm hmm. Don't be discouraged by the, the 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 social media or the voices because they will be there. They one hundred percent will be there, and you just can't listen to them. Like that's what I've. You just can't. You can't believe them. You can't listen to them. You can't give them uh, validity because they're coming from the old system. You know. Yeah, and it's it's scary to change. Scary to it's. And I wasn't trying to say that that's what you're doing. That wasn't my intention in that. It just triggered a thought. Yeah, no, no. I think Um, it's important what you said. But I think the other thing that's important to understand is that as white people, we all have racist tendencies, racist thoughts, racist ideas that we need to unlearn. Yeah. And the sooner that you come to terms with that idea, like, oh, shit, maybe I am racist. How can I unlearn this behavior? How can I unlearn this thought? Instead of saying, no, I'm not that. I'm not that. And shutting down and not being open to learning. Then we will not advance as a society. Yeah. Because systematically, it has been skewed towards white people benefiting for decades, for centuries. And so this is something that we have to unlearn. And we have to see okay, this is an injustice that's happening. What are my thoughts on it? What preconceived notions do I have about BIPOC? And how can I speak about this and lift their voices up in a way that is not, that's changing other white people's images as well and really challenging our status quo? Um, I just saw some comments come through. Is it okay if I read them? Yeah, go right ahead. So Nike is here. Nike says, I feel crazy every day. So true. It's also a generational wound that many don't want to address and would rather hold on to than confront it and realize they aren't perfect and may have caused harm, which is exactly what you were just saying, Ambi. Thank you, Nike. Uh, Ricardo says, I honestly believe that it's a sign of marginalized communities' compassion and patience for violence not to be the main choice. After everything that is still being done to them, it's up to raised as white people to validate and augment those voices, their reach, and the effect our common aspirations aim for. Yeah, thank you for those comments, both of you. Um, I think those are really, really powerful and insightful. And... Um, Yeah, I made a TikTok today about when you're talking about acknowledging the racism. I think so many white people are afraid to acknowledge that because they they don't know what that means after, right? Like, I know that was a resistance for me for a while. Like, it's like, okay, well, if I admit that, if I acknowledge that, what comes next, right? And Mm -hmm. and the reality is it's, it's just like anything else. It's like, well, 
if you acknowledge that there's an issue, then you can resolve it. So acknowledging it is actually saying, I want to resolve this. I mean, unless you're acknowledging it in a very hateful way. But for the most part, if you acknowledge it within yourself, you're saying, I acknowledge this and I want to do something about it. And I think Mm -hmm. that is the misperception about it. Um, And today I made a TikTok talking about, actually Nike sent me a TikTok of, someone talking about, you know, if if you want to be an ally, something that you can do is um, really share about how you were socialized to see us. Like, like mm-hmm. how were you socialized to see us? And I made a TikTok about, um, because a memory came back to me of when I was like nine, um, my parents took me down to the well, to preface this, I really think this comes from the news, the concept that black people are criminals. Um, when I was nine, my parents took me down to the the uh, city and we parked on the street and and whatever, we went somewhere, ran errands, came back. Our windows were smashed and our uh, my mom's dry cleaning was was taken out of the car. And my parents never Did said it. Dry cleaning. Yeah, the dry. Well, I guess it was like expen- expensive business clothes yeah, or something. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, have I no was idea. just being funny. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't even. I, who knows? Um, maybe they just need clothes. I don't even know. Um But I just remember at the time thinking to myself when I imagined who did this, I remember imagining the picture I got was, oh, it it had to be a black person. And Mm -hmm. my parents never said anything. about. In fact, my parents, several times as I was growing up, I remember them publicly um, like shaming other white people who said something about black people, especially in front of me. And they made that very clear that, you know, everyone is to be treated with respect. But my point in making the TikTok was saying, and yet that was already a picture in my mind at nine, because what do they show on the news? Like, literally, I think, you know, and that's just one thing. That's just one thing. So I think that it's a really important thing that you said for white people to um, acknowledge how they how we have been socialized to see BIPOC Mm -hmm. so that we can start to, like you said, unlearn it, deprogram. Um, Yeah. And maybe other people, and maybe other people can realize it too. Like if you share, you know, if you are able to share what you realize about yourself, maybe other people can be like, oh my God, I have that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking about that TikTok that Nike sent. She sent the same one to me. And I've been thinking about like the different um, judgments that I've had against BIPOC and, and negative and positive. And it's interesting to think about. Um, it's just interesting to think about. I remember when I was a little girl, uh, I grew up, I grew up in Palm Springs. I was born there. I lived there until I was four. And then I moved to Florida, Fort Myers. So I, guess I was I was told I don't remember this but I was told that I had never seen a black person before when I lived in California and so when we moved to Florida I had a friend a little girl in my class that is black and I remember like I wanted my hair to look like her hair because they thought her hair was so cool I like the texture of it like I wanted my hair to look like hers and so I said to my um, other friend's mom, who was babysitting me at the time, I said, I wish my hair looked like whatever her little name was. 
And her response to me, like shaped, it, it literally changed how I looked at black people. Cause she said, don't tell your mother that she would be so disappointed in you. Mm. And I remember feeling shame and feeling like, okay, that's not good. Mm. And feeling like, what did I do wrong? And being so confused and feeling like so many emotions. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because there was no other conversation. And I think that's the problem in white culture too, is that there's no conversation around it. Oh yeah. There is no, there is no talking about other races. Like you shut the fuck up and you pretend like we all are on the same playing field and that there's no difference. And I think that's a really toxic trait in white culture as well. Like that is not good. That is not good to pretend that we are all on the same playing field because we're not. And what you're actually doing is acknowledging that we have privilege and we don't want to fuck things up. So just be quiet and sit down. 100%. So, so important, the acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about uh, there's this interview with Tupac. I have to, I have to, we have to play that one day on the podcast. It's so with, with regard to this situation. He was so eloquent speaking about it. Um, but anyway, I think what you said was right on, and I, I really relate to it. Um, that not wanting to acknowledge, that not wanting to speak about it, thinking that's the right thing to do. And it just, you know, it causes more harm than anything else, actually, yeah. because it's you're it, admitting guilt and you're not trying to change anything. You know, yeah. you're you're almost it's almost like gaslighting. Oh, you're, yes. You're yes. saying there's no problem. It here. is gaslighting. It is gaslighting because you're saying, oh, you're overreacting. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah. Anybody could do that. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. You don't get treated differently at the doctor. Yeah, 100%. So interesting as time goes on how we're able to see these things more clearly. And um, and it's about time. And I just really, really, really hope that this next case goes differently, especially this one, because... <sighs> but, th- but then again, you know... Like, I don't know what needs to happen for the system to change. And maybe something really crazy needs to happen for the system to change. Something, I mean, there have been so, I can't. There have been so many crazy things that have happened that it's like, what the fuck is, what type of world do we live in right now? Like, it boggles my mind. Like, it's just, it, it, well, I don't, I have no words. It's just like, who is going to hold people accountable? Like, who's going gonna to, hold going white people accountable for being racist? Well, I was gonna use more so the example. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, no, it, it is true, but more so, for example, going to the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Like, who is going to hold that judge accountable for literally exactly. like committing a crime by every single yes. thing that he did? Like yep. who? Because at this point, it really feels like it feels like white men, some white men, a lot of white men, um, are like just what you said, gaslighting the world. It's like 
we're not doing anything. Everything's up to code here. Everything's like, fine. Yeah. Getting off on their abuse of power and their like boys club or their white boys club or whatever the hell you want to call it. But it's just, yeah. So it's just the question of like, when are they going to be held accountable? Who is going to hold them accountable? And, you know, I know that it comes down to us voting differently. That's a that's a part of it. Like we have to vote the right people in. Although the system is just so I feel like the system is just so defeat like as soon as you it just feels defeating in a lot of ways, yeah. but you know, I yeah, I just really hope that things can change. And I, and and the and the thing that will lead to change is more like you said black voices being heard. Um, and us all having really uncomfortable conversations. I think that is a big key to change. So I agree. Um, okay. Well, I think that, I think we're, I think we're at our hour. And if we have pissed you off today, we have done our job. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. I will say it's interesting because at the beginning of this, we had like, 18 people watching and now we have seven people watching and you know what it, it doesn't oh, wow. surprise it doesn't surprise me because I know just like we just said I know this makes people uncomfortable and some people are like yeah I can't deal with this and I hope I hope that um over time you will give these conversations a listen or consideration um in whatever way it comes to you. Um, That's my hope. But at the same time, I know we can only meet people where they are and who's ready to hear, you know? So. (sighs) Anything else? It was a good episode. No, I feel feel good. I kept saying I feel complete when I was with Nike and we both like looked at each other and I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why do I keep like the waiter would be like, do you want anything else? I feel complete. Like, what the fuck, Andy? Like, (laughs) no, I was saying that recently. I asked somebody else that I was like, do you feel complete? But it wasn't like uh, I say that in our like channeling sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a little the arc nine sprinkling in sprinkling in. (sighs) All right, everyone. Um, well, we love you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy, just happy well, time with your Thanksgiving's a different I actually. know, That's I know. Fine. As soon as I said it, I was like, As Ugh. soon as I said it, happy, I was like, oh. Happy time with your families, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, happy break. Happy time off. Happy. Not happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Not happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is canceled. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Have a good one, everybody. We love you. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast.com.